Hello, and welcome to the Wellbeing Podcast. I hope that wherever you're listening from today, you can be refreshed and empowered to go and serve well. With these raw and authentic conversations with other Christian women in healthcare, we're going to talk about the struggles, the victories, and all the ways that the Lord moves in and through his servants in the healthcare field. Hello, friends, and welcome to another Wellbeing Podcast episode. This week, I'm so excited for y'all to hear from our guest. She's been a part of my life ever since the beginning of my college experience. Uh, We were in the same sorority, and most importantly, we were in the same anatomy classes. Um, And as traumatizing as that that was, um, I honestly just like look back and think of all of our fun, silly times that we had together. Um, She always had encouraging words to say to get us through and keep us going, Um, and I have no doubt that this will be the exact same. So Kelsey, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit and give us some background on your nursing journey so far? I'm Kelsey, like Casey said, went to Baylor, struggled through nursing school, managed to graduate (laughs) through the pandemic, Yes. um, and then started at Children's Medical Center in Dallas in the ICU, and I've been there for just over a year, which is crazy. That is absolutely crazy. Um, And actually, whenever I met Kelsey, she was not on the nursing journey. Um, I remember her switching kind of halfway through when she would do her prereqs. So talk a little bit about why you switched to nursing and what made you decide that? I changed her major like so many times (laughs) over and over. I started pre-med and then took a pre-med class that basically just spoke on the amount of years you have to be in school and just how that can affect your personal life. And I decided that wasn't for me. Um, And then switched to PT, took a few PT classes and had some time um, shadowing some PTs. And I really loved that field as well, but I just found that nurses have the most time with people at the bedside. We spend all 12 hours with people, building relationships, getting to know the patients. And I just wanted to maximize my time actually with patients and 12, I mean, how much more can you get than 12 hours? Oh yeah. I feel like, um, all the time people always ask me like, okay, you're going to become a nurse practitioner. Like, why didn't you want to be a doctor? All this stuff. And, you know, sometimes I'm like, honestly, I don't know. Like, why don't I really, like, I don't really feel like the need to be a nurse practitioner. And I'm like, you know what? Like, I love the time that I do get with my patients. Like you really get to develop that relationship with them. And I'm sure being in the ICU, you know, they're there for a lot longer time. And so I'm sure you develop such a deeper relationship with them because they're going through, you know, a really hard time in their lives. And I'm sure it's like really emotional for the parents as well. Um, side note question, are the kiddos, are a lot of them like intubated and all that stuff? So like, you don't really get much interaction with them and it's mainly the family or is it like half and half? We do see a range. It kind of just depends on the season. Um, but I would say it's a lot more care of the families and siblings Mm -hmm. than I thought it would be. I think when you think about being a peds nurse, you think about fun activities and stickers and reading books and doing all the silly stuff. And that is just not the ICU in the slightest. Um, I would say probably half or more than half of our kids are intubated and sedated, which means that you're not caring, like you're caring for their physical needs, but you're caring for the family's emotional needs, the family's spiritual needs. 
more so than the child's, at least while they have the breathing tube. Yeah. Wow, man, that I never like put that together until now, you know, because yeah, like whenever you think of pediatrics, you think of, oh, okay, you know, like you're going to play with them and have dance parties with them and all this stuff, but that's not the reality in the ICU. Oh man. Yeah, unfortunately not. And I think I didn't know that as much as I do now, obviously a year in, but there's fun parts and and like it's like you get a care for you're getting an adult side of being a nurse you're getting a kid's part of being a nurse we have the siblings so you kind of get a bigger picture of what it is to care for a family unit as opposed to just like a patient I feel like oh. with Pete oh yeah definitely um describe a little bit why you chose pediatric and like why you feel like God called you into that specific field yeah I think I've always liked kids like growing up I was a swim coach and I was a lifeguard and then um worked for Pine Cove for one summer which is um like the summer camp for kids and I think I just always have loved kids and I love how they're just resilient and they're fun mm-hmm. um we see kids get better a lot more than I feel like adult ICUs see their patients get better mm-hmm. obviously that's not always the case but you hear adult ICUs talk about how many patients they lose a week and that's just not what we see um and I do think it, again, like with the families, like it's cool to get to step into their whole family as you care for their child. Um, yeah. I love that. And that's so true. Like in adults, their body is just like done for, you know, and like in kiddos, I feel like they can bounce back so much faster. Um, yeah. you know, yeah. And so much of kids too. I feel like a lot of, and not always, but in adults when they get really sick it's sometimes is a consequence of choices they've made if they don't take care of their physical health and they're really overweight like that does Mm. make getting better very hard in a lot of situations or if they've smoked their whole life or they have had a problem with alcohol their whole life that does Mm. have consequences on their aging and as and their healing and that just is not what we see in kids I feel like a lot of times when kids get sick it's not by any choice they've made, which can also make it more sad to care for them because it just is tragic, but it can also kind of give you more, um, motivation to help them, um, get better because you, it's just like the worst thing ever. Yeah. That, yeah, that makes so much sense. Yeah. Cause I feel like whenever I worked in adults, you know, sometimes I would kind of have the mindset of like, you did this to yourself, you know, like this is what your choices led to. Um, yeah. And I haven't felt that way with kiddos yet because it's like an out, like they can't control how they got here. And I think yeah. it, it honestly, sometimes like whenever we get kids that are in there because their parents did something, especially like the little itty bitty babies, um, you know, they're in there because their mom, you know, did drugs like throughout the pregnancy or something, I think it makes me like really frustrated at the parents, you know, like your choices and your actions like have consequences. And you can see that, you know, in these kiddos, um, it's just like absolutely heartbreaking. Do y'all get a lot of babies in the ICU? I guess they would typically go to NICU, but we do. Um, it kind of depends. We kind of will pass back and forth babies, depending on what, who has room, um, in between the NICU and the PICU, but we do have a NICU as well as the regular. So it kind of just depends yeah. um, on 
the whole hospital numbers yeah. and such. Yeah. Oh man. So what's been the hardest thing for you about working in pediatrics? It sucks when they don't live, to be oh, honest. Yeah. Um, it's not something you can ever prepare for. And like, I never worked in adults, but just in like clinicals in school, losing adult patients, like obviously that's tragic. Like there's someone's mom and there's someone's grandma, friend, sister, et cetera. But seeing someone lose their child is the worst thing imaginable. I think it's so much just a natural course of life that it shouldn't work that way. Like kid parents shouldn't outlive their kids. So seeing that and watching parents go through the grieving process is awful. Yeah. I, I know. I mean, whenever I was making that switch to pediatrics, like that was something that was in the back of my mind of, okay, I've seen adults pass away and I've been with them through that, but it was such like a peaceful process and they have, you know, come to the conclusion, like, okay, I lived my life well, you know, and a lot of them are strong believers. And so, you know, where they're going to end up. And for kiddos, I feel like, yeah, that would be a lot harder because you're like, they had so much of their life to live, you know, and um, just like the parents grieving. Cause a lot of times, you know, in adults, it's the kiddos that are grieving, not the parents. Um, so I can't, yeah, I can't imagine that. And I know you see that probably a lot more in the ICU than we ever would on like a pediatric med surge floor. How often would you say that that happens? It really does, which it doesn't make much sense, but it kind of does come in seasons. I feel mm-hmm. like, like we'll go a while without seeing it and then we'll just get like slammed, which doesn't really make sense. It's just mm-hmm. kind of how it happens. Yeah. Um, so I can't really say how often, but I would say fairly frequent. It's not always the kids I care for, but usually mm-hmm. on the unit, it's I would say generally always going on. Yeah. Um, which is hard, but then you also like, it's been a year. So I obviously have some hindsight, but I feel like as over the year, like I can tell there's a lot worse things for some of these kiddos mm-hmm. than them dying, especially from a believer. And if the family is a believe like a believing family yeah like sometimes the miracle is for them to go to be with Jesus not to be on 50 machines yeah. fighting every single day like sometimes the miracle and the peace the families are praying for whether they know it or not is for the child to pass and that's been like a hard realization but also mm-hmm. one that has helped me process and grieve a lot more healthy I feel like yeah That's so true. I never really even thought about that. What, like whenever you're going through that or after a shift, when you had a kiddo pass away, what gets you through that? Like what helps you kind of, you know, properly grieve and move past that and kind of cope with that? Yeah. I do feel like I have learned to leave a lot of it at work. Hmm. Sometimes obviously that's harder than others, but it's helpful to have friends who are nurses who can understand what we see at work, but also helpful to have friends who have no clue what I do at work. So I don't have to always get into the details because they just truly have no idea what I do when I get up in the morning and leave for 12 hours. Yeah. Um, So that can be helpful um, as well, but really just to lean on the Lord and lean on the fact that this earth is not our home Mm. and that what comes next is not you is incomparably so much better than what life is here regardless of how sweet 
it is here or the blessings were given here this is you can't even compare it to what is next and kind of to just lean into that for me and lean into that for the families and the kids and just to honestly just be continually in prayer for what I see at work and then what I leave behind when I get to leave the hospital where the families don't get to leave after 12 hours that it's just their reality Mm. um but also it's so the like we have to keep ourselves healthy too and yeah that just kind of is a weird reality of being a nurse in that setting yeah definitely I think that was like the biggest thing I had to learn because I would always take work home with me like I it was just like this big emotional, like this big emotional thing, you know, I'd come home and I'd like constantly think about the situations that, you know, the patients are going through. And I'm like, I can't do this. Like I have to leave the hospital, you know, like I know they can't, but like, I can't be thinking about them 24 seven, you know, because that's basically like I'm on the job 24 seven. If I'm like constantly thinking about it and it's taking up my mental space, like, you know, I had to create that boundary um, and figure out, okay, how do I like truly leave this in the hospital? And I think, yeah, like kind of the same is just like constantly praying about it, like really helped me, you know, just give it to the Lord and be like, okay, I'm leaving this situation at your feet and I'm not going to take it home with me. Um, yeah, that really helped me, man. But yeah, I'm just like, keep thinking about, like, I couldn't imagine. Have you ever had a kiddo pass away when the family and the kiddo like weren't believers? I'm trying to think not um, I did have a kid they weren't Christians mm-hmm. they were I believe strong Muslims okay which was already hard because it was a language barrier yeah um, oh for sure but even that I just think there is something to be said about like the hope that people have regardless mm-hmm. of what they believe yeah. Um, cause even though I didn't understand a lot of what they wanted, there's a lot of like Muslim practices for what happens when a family mm-hmm. member dies that I didn't know. So even just learning about their faith and culture yeah. was interesting, but even just seeing that, even though they don't believe in Jesus mm-hmm. and our Lord, just like the peace they can have with believing in something, yeah. um, was cool and yeah. something that I didn't really expect. Um, but that is again like a weird dilemma and what I know to be true versus mm-hmm. what they believe to be true. Yeah. Um, that is challenging, but it is when families are believers, it can also be confusing because I think mm-hmm. again with the kids, they don't, it just does not make sense that they're gonna outlive their child and have to bury their child. And I think that's so that can make their walk with the Lord very confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, which can then make it also a bit difficult to compare my walk with the Lord as a complete outsider to be like, I don't understand why they're putting their child through this. They're so much better on the other side. I can say that so easily as an outsider Mm -hmm. where I cannot imagine being in a family's shoes where they're having to somehow align the belief that they know that it is better on the other side, but also not understanding how how their reality is just being stripped from them. Yeah. So I think that can be, it's been more confusing for me to care for families who are believers mm-hmm. but are struggling in their walk than it has been for me to care for families who are not believers I think because it's just hard yeah. to align all the beliefs going on in that room yeah that yeah definitely because you're like 
why are you struggling with this? Cause I believe this and everyone's like at a different point. Yeah. That totally makes sense. Cause yeah, like it, it, sometimes it is hard to put yourself in the family's shoes, you know, like it's kind of easy to get frustrated and you know, stuff like that. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. What's been the best part about pediatrics? We'll, we'll do a switch. We'll have a happier moment here. Um, kids just are fun. Like when you have a kid who's not obviously intubated and can interact with you, they're hilarious. They have no filter. Um, they say exactly what's on their mind, regardless of whether it's something they should be sharing with the medical team. They're just fun. Like I can't imagine we're ever working with adults. I don't think you can go from peds to adults. I feel like a lot of people switch from adults to peds, but I don't see how you could ever switch the other way. Um, it's just, they're fun. It's more like even just the hospital's brightly colored and we have fun games for them to go to. We have, we paint all their doors for Christmas. We do Christmas Mm -hmm. presents from Santa. We do birthday presents and birthday party. Like it's just, you don't do that on adults. No. It's just the little things that make it a bit more fun the therapy dogs come and get in bed with the kids and it's just stuff that you prioritize at a children's hospital that you wouldn't need to prioritize with adults like we have a Mm -hmm. whole closet full of toys that you can just go shopping for your kid and get them whatever that just would never happen in adults so it's just like a sweet part when you get to have a kid who's more developmentally appropriate Mm -hmm. and you get to just play with them that can be like a really sweet reminder of why I was called into this profession and why I was called to this unit in particular. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think, I mean, I've just been in peds for two months and already like I, my passion for nursing is reignited because it is so much more fun and so much more joyful. Um, I remember it was like my first or second week on the floor and I was in a kiddo's room at like 9 p.m. having a dance party. We like put on music and she put on her little princess dress. And I was in like my isolation gown pretending like it was a princess dress. And we were just like dancing around the room. And I was like, what a concept. Like I couldn't do this, you know, with my adults. Um, so yeah, definitely. Like there's just those fun moments. You just get a dance with your kids. And, um, you know, I just... I love snuggling with the little babies, you know, at like 3 a.m. I can just sit there and hold the babies that don't have parents there. And I'm like, wow, like, this is amazing. I just get to snuggle with these little kids. That's awesome. Yeah. And even just like the little, like putting on like Nemo or Moana for bath and just like little stuff, like you kind of were like, what is my job? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. But I can't I'm like, imagine. can yeah. I? can I like stay in here and watch Moana with you? This would be great. (laughs) That's awesome. Okay. So um, this is also a question that I would love your answer to. (laughs) Like I'm wondering um, is how you use like pediatric nursing as your ministry. Cause for adults, it was easier for me because, you know, adults have, you know, if they are believers, they have this you know, you can have conversations with them about their faith or they'll bring it up because they're sick and they're kind of thinking about that. And so it was easier because you can straight up have conversations with these people about their faith if they bring that up. And so it was easier for me to be like, okay, like I vividly see this being my ministry. And yes, there's a lot of things that go on 
you know, not just talking to them about their faith, just, you know, being a light in general and being the hands and feet of Jesus. Um, so how do you like look at, you know, being a pediatric nurse as your ministry and like sharing the gospel with them essentially, but like without yeah, outright with peds, like you said, it's just not a lot of kids are just too young to even have heard the gospel or really too young yeah. to completely understand. Yeah. Um, and that's where I think a lot of it comes back to like caring for the family unit, especially in the ICU with kids mm-hmm. who are, as they become more terminal, those are the kids that are on all the machines. So you're not like while you're caring for them physically, like your spiritual and emotional care is going to the family. Yeah. So I think that can be like such a wide open door for ministry and something that they mm-hmm. can share when they leave the hospital um and if their kid gets better that's something they can share in the way the lord can radically change yeah um and again with families who like are struggling with their walk in the lord which is so valid given what their earthly life is looking like they are also so open to be again like radically changed by the work of the lord um i just cared for um a kiddo for a lot of months And it was so interesting to see her dad was really struggling at the beginning and just to see him radically changed by like truly a encounter with the Lord. It's could be explained by nothing else. Wow. Um, Just the way he was changed. And I think you can also learn so much from the parents in, because they're in such a big part of their life and the Lord can just work in such big ways, even if it's not coming in the way they think just the time they're spending with the Lord in prayer for their child. I think the Lord can transform so much in that time, even if it's not ultimately healing their child, just in how they're going to be able to grieve after their child passes, because they are spending so much time in prayer every single day. And even if they are for this particular situation, he obviously was begging for his child to live. Mm -hmm. And then while that didn't end up being the outcome, he was radically changed and was able to let her go with so much peace and grace mm-hmm. that it could literally be from no one else but the Lord for him to be yeah. able to be changed in a way that allowed him to reflect back on the summer that he was able to spend with his child. That is the miracle. That is the blessing he was given, even though he spent all summer praying for the miracle and the blessing to be her walking out of the hospital. While that wasn't what he was given, he was able to have all summer with her. Mm-hmm. And he was able to look back and be like, that was the Lord being kind to me, even though it wasn't how I expected him and was praying for him to be kind. He was so kind to give me all summer. And it's just crazy to hear him say that and to see how my faith has changed Mm -hmm. from the families. So that's been like a blessing I never expected. Yeah, definitely. Like it's a two-way street, you know, like you are like serving them, but then at the same way they're serving you by like showing you so much and growing your faith that's so cool to see I mean I'm sure very hard but also it's like a bittersweet kind of moment yeah I just feel like even though their faiths are tested while they're in the hospital like in the testing they grow so much stronger and it's just crazy to see how that can grow them and then also grow me through them yeah definitely I love that Um, so I know you are above and beyond kind of person. You've always been just so intentional. So what are some things that you try to do in the hospital with your kiddos that 
are maybe intentional or going out of your way to do um, something like unique? I think in the ICU, we like have kids that are there for an extended amount of time. So it's pretty easy to learn people's habits and patterns. Um, so you can try and find like if this particular family likes to do, we generally do baths on nighttime, but if the parent, you notice that they like to do it in the day, you can just make it like plan out time in your day that like, I'm going to make sure that we do this before night shift comes on and just get it done. Cause it's what, so it's like little patterns that you don't think matter, yeah. but really the family just feels so like seen mm. and known that you remember that, oh, they said that their child really likes this movie even. And then when they came back, that's what you had on. Or yeah. we have some kids that aren't developmentally appropriate just from a variety of chronic illnesses, but still talking to the child and letting them know what you're doing before you do it. And just trying to be intentional, especially yeah. with our intubated and sedated kids, not just treating them as if they don't yeah. like still telling them like, okay, we're going to do a big turn, like still chatting with them. That means so much to families Yeah, um, and doing it when families aren't there. Like so much of nursing is like, you have to be, you don't have to be like, you should be a good nurse and no one's looking. And that goes well beyond yeah. like doing a good job at your nursing care is obviously you should do a good job at that. But with your personal and emotional stuff, mm-hmm. when no one's looking, you should still be doing that. And there's so much room for you to still go above and beyond Yeah, when no one's looking, because that's going to matter more than you'll ever know. Oh yeah, definitely. It doesn't always like, you don't need to just do it. Like there's not, you're not doing it for praise. You're doing it because this is what you should be doing. Yeah. Like this is your job and this is what you're passionate about and they deserve great care all the time, even when no one's there. Yeah. I feel like, and that's like a big part too, of like being the hands and feet of Jesus. And like, I've seen some nurses who are like that, like whenever, you know, nobody's really there, like they kind of slack on their job and I can just tell they see it as just what it is, a job, you know, a way to get money. Um, versus the people who are passionate about it and are called to it and truly are like, I am serving these people and, you know, like Jesus is loving them through me. And so they do everything so well. Like there's such a difference, I feel like, um, in the hospital with those. Yeah. All right. So to end every episode, we do a prescription for well-being. So Kelsey, what is your prescription for well-being? I think outside of the hospital, find a way to just detach. Um, even if you're not able to always just clock out and block the previous shift out, find at least something every day that can give you just like a free mind, whether that's exercising, reading a book, watching your favorite show, baking, cooking, whatever. You have to take your hour for yourself, even on the days where you feel like you just can't. And that can also be such a free time to just pray and like be at peace with the Lord, whether, and that can come in so many different ways. But I think if you don't find time to just clear your head and mind, it's can get really cloudy really fast and you don't know how that's going to impact you going forward. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like, you know, sometimes I'm so exhausted that I'm like, I can't do like a Bible study right now, or I like just feel like I don't have the mental space to pray. And I've been learning that, okay, just stick on worship music, lay on the ground and just like be in the presence of the Lord for a little bit, you know, and just let everything go. Sometimes like that's all that I can do. And sometimes, you know, that's enough. 
Um, yeah. If and I think it's all. hard too, because no, I don't feel like many people understand the exhaustion of being a nurse, especially on night shift, but I've learned that you can, like prayer does not need to be so formal. It can casually happen. Like if all you have is your shower before you're getting in bed and you're going to immediately fall asleep, then like that is a time where you can reflect on your day. Yeah. And that can be when it is, or maybe you choose not to drive home with the radio on and that's when you have prayer time. It can happen at any point in your day. It doesn't need to be always just to sit down, have your 45 minute Bible study, then pray. Like while that is helpful and great, it's not always, you're not always going to have the mental stamina to do that. So you can find time to pray anytime. Oh yeah, definitely. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Kelsey, for all of your words and coming on and talking all of the kiddo, everything. Um, I'm sure that everybody was really encouraged like I was. So thank you so much. Thank you, ma'am. I hope you enjoyed listening to today's podcast. To make sure you don't miss another episode, be sure to subscribe and leave us a great review. The Wellbeing Podcast is 